0: Welcome to Sentient Future. This is episode 3. As always, I value your time, and so I'll assume you've listened to previous episodes and dive right into it. Today, within the sentient worldview, we're continuing to look at sensing self. Uh, Last time we looked at body. Uh, This time we're going to look at the mind. The eight categories, as a reminder, are boundaries, performance, inventory, input, output, programming, process, and purpose. Boundaries of the mind. There are two views that make sense here, states of consciousness and imagination. As for states of consciousness, I'm not talking about spirituality or transcendence or anything of that nature right now, um, I'm really talking in the most practical terms where uh, you know we're looking at our fully conscious state or our subconscious which runs a lot of our biological processes in the background, we're not always aware of it, and then there's also uh, our unconscious state when we're sleeping. So that's one way to look at the boundaries of the mind, it's just the different states we can be in. And then there's imagination. There's an old adage that uh, your only limit is your imagination. And I kind of like that when talking about the mind. Um, now while it's not useful to say that our mind has no limits, uh, I think it's more useful to say that our mind is limited to the extent that we use our imagination. So if we use our imagination a lot, if we try to apply creativity into our day, even if we're more quantitative people, again, remember, uh, I've got a quantitative background here as well, and I'm sort of still pushing this, (laughs) the importance of this, Um, then, you know, if we're really pushing it, then we've really broadened the limits of what our mind is capable of. And, you know, if we don't use it, if we don't use that muscle as it were, uh, figuratively, obviously, uh, then, you know, that too is the limit uh, of our mind. And so, you know, using our imagination, being more creative, doing that more often, uh, that expands what the mind really is, is capable of and where it can take us and the value it can, it can create for us in our life. As for the performance of the mind, we've got IQ, which is intelligence quotient, we've got EQ, which is emotional quotient, um, you know, those are a couple of the intelligences that are more popular Uh, there are several theories out there in terms of multiple intelligences and uh, I think that's a useful way to look at it there are uh, alternative theories as well Um, some that uh, try to quantify um, the mind's performance or someone's intellectual performance uh, comprehensively and use sort of uh, a a broader uh, definition um, and sort of summarize it into what's called a a G factor Um, so you know, ultimately, what it comes down to is the ability for our mind to process things quickly, ideas quickly and accurately, as well as to recall uh, memories quickly and accurately. Um, and then, um, you know, that processing it comes down to you know synthesizing and the like. We'll we'll get into that in interpretation later on in the uh, the sentient worldview. Uh, and then there's one other aspect of performance, and then that can be mindfulness. So that's kind of our ability to. To live in the present moment, um, again, just very practically, uh, it isn't necessarily that we're always living in the present to the detriment of the future. It's not like we never look far ahead, and it's not like we ever recall the you know our, our memories, um, good or bad. But rather, it's we don't ignore the present, uh, and so if there's something that needs attention right here, right now, that we're able to give it focus. And then we have, uh, I guess, the inventory of the mind. And so I was thinking, okay, well, what does the mind really contain? And um, what made the most sense, I think, was memories, right? Now, we talk about uh, a lot of other things that perhaps the mind could contain, things like beliefs, things like values, things like so on and so forth. But the more I thought about it, all of those, you know, we really draw those conclusions through our interpretation of events. And once we've drawn those conclusions once we've come up with our beliefs and and our values, um, and our morals and that type of thing. Um, you know that is when it it really becomes a memory. And so, a memory is, is more of a, an overarching um, group or or umbrella group, as it were, uh, for the different um, uh, the different concepts, I guess, that the mind can uh, can hold. As for input. The mind receives raw information uh, in terms of signals from our different senses, um, and of course it then processes uh, that information in a variety of ways, and then our outputs are really synthesized information, whether that is you know, ideas or concepts that don't necessarily leave our mind, or whether that those are um, you know, synapses firing uh, to like, uh, control our body and our movements. So there's a variety of outputs, but largely it's a result of synth- having synthesized the raw information that it had received as an input. Programming. So what is it that makes your mind unique? Now there's a variety of things here, but the two I felt were most prominent really are bias and habits. So bias, uh, and not just statistical bias, I and mean, yes that's certainly part of it, um, but it's really the bias that comes from us having only a single perspective. Um, yes, we can try to have other per, others perspectives, but at the end of the day, that's uh, you know we're limited to, to what we've experienced, and then also our habits. So if we are you know regularly working towards something, or or heck, even if it's a bad habit, even if it's an, an addiction, right? We have neurological pathways that get Uh, more reinforced over time the more that we engage in those habits and that's why uh, good habits stay and why bad habits are hard to break. Bias and habits are important concepts unto themselves and so we'll cover them individually at a later date. And so what's really the mind's process, right? What does the mind do? In the same way that the body renewed cells, uh, the mind is really renewing understanding. So it's taking... That raw information, uh, it is interpreting it, it's synthesizing that information, and certainly there's an output. But in that process, you know, we're tucking away memories, we're forgetting other things, we're renewing our understanding. And then the purpose of our minds there are a couple that are common across all of us, and a couple that are up to each of us to decide. So the ones that are common across all of us are really those required for survival whether it's body management or a lot of the physiological processes that run in the background uh, that our subconscious takes care of that we don't readily pay attention to. And then it's up to you to decide what the rest of the purposes of your mind are, whether it's problem solving or creativity or managing relationships and the different amount of weight you place in each of those and, and certainly other purposes as well. And now we come to my favorite section of every episode, and that is, so what? We've talked about the eight categories of uh, the mind within sensing self, within the sentient worldview, and why do those matter, right? How do we use them? As you might expect, it comes down to purpose, right? Whether it's survival, or solving problems, or managing relationships, Let's look at survival, specifically body management. There's a lot our body does in the background to keep us alive. Anything from pumping our blood to filtering our blood to helping us breathe. The more stress we put our body under, potentially through our bias and our habits, our addictions, uh, the tougher it is for our body to maintain itself and the more energy that takes. So you can see how our mind's programming affects our mind's ability to achieve its purpose. Then we have purposes like problem solving, and you know where our performance, our IQ, even our EQ, if it involves other people, uh, speed, accuracy of, sort of processing information and and, uh, and recalling it. Uh, all of that affects our ability to solve problems accurately and quickly. One of our mind's purposes is creativity, right? And so you know some of the boundaries we talked about, our imagination, right? without really letting our imagination soar without exploring it often uh, we're going to be limited in terms of the uh, creative ideas that we can come up with and then managing our relationships if our empathy is poor if our eq is a bit low if we're not mindful and spending time in the moment paying attention to the person they can feel somewhat ignored if we're not uh, great at recalling our memories then you know we miss opportunities to, to to further strengthen those relationships So we've looked at how the different categories of the mind affect our ability to achieve our mind's purpose. You can see how measuring them and paying attention to them help us live more intentionally. Thank you for tuning in today. Comments are welcome. This is Sentient Future signing out.